Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning, all my people, man. We live, we live and direct. 6.30 a.m. Pacific time, 8.30 a.m. Central time, where I'm at. Eh, got some good things to talk about on the docket today. 49ers elite players, I don't think they're getting enough love. All right, so we're going to get into that. Got some elite players. Got a person playing elite at all the right times. All right, so we want to give everybody their flowers this morning. We're going to get into it. It's the San Francisco 49ers morning show. Let's go. Crop Talk TV podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the San Francisco 49ers Morning Show. I'm your host, former NFL and AFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. And I'm excited. I'm always excited to talk with you guys, man. I feel like you guys are my family. All right, so good morning to everybody. I hope everybody's doing good. Definitely want to do a mental health check, make sure everybody's doing good. So put those flames in the chat, man. If you're feeling good, five flames, you know what I'm saying? If you need to get be doing a little bit better, you know, less than five flames, and then, you know, we need to talk about it. What's going on in your life, how we can all help. I do want to – oh, man. I, I do want to help. You know what? Not help me, but I need you guys to help a cause that I'm trying to get in on. And I'll put the link in the chat right now. But as you guys all know, you know, I live in I live in Arkansas. And out here in Arkansas, there was just a, a tornado that hit the northeast region of, of of the state. And it tore up a lot of homes. You know, it, it messed up a lot of stuff. And there were a lot of kids that uh, you know, they're not gonna have much for Christmas. So um, one of my guys reached out to me, uh, you know, out here in Arkansas, he reached out to me and was like, hey, Croc, you know, going to create a GoFundMe to, you know, hope, hopefully we can raise enough money to get these kids, you know, toys and do a toy drive. And they're, they're going to go up this weekend and deliver everything. And uh, I want you guys, or not want you guys, but if, if you guys have it, you know, have the ability to, you know, donate whatever you can, whether it's $5, $10, whatever it is. Uh, you know, anything helps. So there are a lot of people in the northeast region of Arkansas right now. You know, there it was a devastating tornado that hit. And if you guys can help those kids and those families, that'd be awesome. They just want to make sure that those kids get the same Christmas as everyone else. So uh, I'll put that in the chat right now. Here we go. And it is a tornado. We'll call it tornado relief uh, fund. All right, so if you guys want to help the people in the northeast region of Arkansas who, you know, they've been devastated by injuries. I mean, <laughs> injuries. <laughs> Football is always on my mind. <laughs> by a tornado. Uh, there's a link right there where you can you can help. So, you know, if you got it, $5, $10, whatever it is, it's going to help those kids. I'm going to be posting it to Twitter in a little bit. So, but y'all know what it is, man. San Francisco 49 Morning Show, man. I want to come on here and give some guys their flowers. But let's start with, uh, if you haven't already, listen to Locked On 49ers podcast with myself, Brian Peacock. And, you know, every Wednesday is Winky Wednesday. All right, Winky Wednesday. So we had Nick Winkler on there. And we had a lot of fun with the episode last night. We premiered it on YouTube. So, you know, we were in the chat talking with everybody. That was awesome. 
Shout out to Nick Winkler. He's all, always a pleasure to to, to have on. Uh, listen to Locked On 49ers. Locked On NFL Draft. We're getting into the draft prospects and everything like that. Last night, myself, Ryan Tracy, we uh, got in on the uh, the film of some of these office alignment. Big office alignment, Evan Neal from, from uh, Alabama. He's the big guy, but I don't know. I didn't like him as much as some of the, some of the other guys I watched. So, office alignment, we're going to keep a lookout on those guys. Obviously, the 49ers. Right side of the line, we'll see what happens. If you believe in player development, I don't think the 49ers draft uh, a guard or anything. You know, We'll see what happens with their guard. He's going to have to get his opportunity at some point. But, um, yeah, man, we got to give people their, their, their flowers this morning. All right. <laughs> Here we go. That show was fire last night. Jimmy G is corndog. So, is it corndog? So, let's talk about it. All right, got my guy Ben. Obviously, he listened to the Locked On 49ers episode or watched it on YouTube. And we were talking about Kyle Shanahan and his unwillingness to – not unwillingness, but right now his state of mind isn't developed guys. You know, that's not where his mindset is. His mindset right now is on winning and really – not having to deal with the de development aspect of things, the ups and downs that comes with playing rookies, as we saw with Amory Thomas, and we talked through that. And eventually, I'm gonna have a guy on here that went through you know similar situation. But you know, Kyle doesn't want to deal with that. So we were looking at the quarterback situation and everything, and we talked about how he's kind of having a hard time making his mind up with I think what he feels is right and what he wants to do, and you know where the 49ers are right now. And right now, obviously, it makes the most sense for the 49ers to play Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, he gives the 49ers the best chance to win, as we've seen, right? And uh, <clears throat> this wasn't part of the show right now. I'm just kind of responding to the comment. But so we had um, – we started talking about Kyle Shanahan and his thoughts on it. And I was like, you know, Kyle, you know, he he wants to hot and – he wants to hot and ready pizza. You know, he wants to go to Little Caesars and grab that hot and ready pizza and just start eating, all right? He doesn't want to get the – the uh, Papa Murphy's, I call it Papa John's, but the Papa Murphy's pizza where you got to take it home, you got to unwrap it, you got to preheat the oven, right? You got to put it in the oven, you got to wait for it to cook, right? He doesn't want to do that. You know what I'm saying? He wants to eat it right now. So uh, I compare Jimmy Garoppolo to corn dogs, which I love corn dogs, but corn dogs and I have a love-hate relationship because as much as I really want to eat corn dogs, I know it's not good for me, but it works. Right after I eat the corn dog, like I'm not full anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, and I don't know if there's any corn dog lovers out there. I love corn dogs. Take me to a, you know, a, a county fair or something like that, and they fry the corn dogs. Matter of fact, um, we have one of those air fryer things, and my son showed me how to use the air fryer. And once I learned that I can just pop the corn dogs in the air fryer and throw some French fries in there as well, and it cooks all together. <laughs> you know, come on, man. I love that. So I love it. But I know it's like, that's not the best thing for me, but it's it's fast. It's simple. It's easy. It works. And that's Jimmy Garoppolo. That's Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, Trey Lance, he's the, he's the, he's the organic pizza. You know, he's the, with the cauliflower and, you know, instead of the regular flour, right? It's healthier, but ah, it takes longer to prepare. It takes longer to cook. You know what I'm saying? You got to preheat the oven. You got to put it in the oven. You got to wait for it to cook. Kyle wants that corn dog that he could just pop in the microwave right now. Mustard. 
mustard's I think that's the worst condiment. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. I think mustard's the, the worst condiment. Let's get to the super chat. Appreciate the super chat. Uh, biggest offseason moves you would like to see. What position groups need the most help, in your opinion? This is good stuff. All right, you guys are giving me good content right now to start off with because again, I started off wanting to talk about uh, you know, some of the elite players, and we're gonna get into we're gonna get to that. But biggest offseason moves I would like to see. You know, it's tough because the way I view the 49ers, the way I view the 49ers roster, I think it's a good roster. You know, it, like when you look at the grand scheme of things and with it just healthy, and then we'll talk about some of my philosophies. That'd be good. This would be a good topic. All right, again, wasn't on the docket, but this would be a good topic. So I'm I'm becoming more and more of a firm believer of building from the inside out. Offensive line, defensive line, I really think that's the way to go and the way to get the most impact, especially depending on how high you're dra uh, drafted. All right. Now, everything is just determined by the way the board is set, and, you know, you'll have to see how players fall. So in the draft, I don't necessarily want to go for need, but you definitely want to go for when the need meet, meets the – player, you know what I'm saying? That like the the player wherever you have him ranked, if he's high up there and the need meets that, then okay, go get that player. Uh free agency. Let's talk about free agency real quick. If it's me and I'm in charge of free agency, what do I get? I definitely go get a cornerback. Now, not a cornerback in in what you guys think. All right. I know everybody thinks you go get a JC Jackson or one of these big name cornerbacks, right? I, I'm not gonna go that route. I do need depth at the cornerback position and somebody that potentially, you know, is better than a Josh Norman or is better than a Dante Johnson, right? Like maybe this isn't the guy long-term, but I got to see what I have in the Embry Thomas. I got to see what I have in Diamondor Lenore. So what I would do is I would go for a free agent, not to pay someone to come in and start over Ambry Thomas or Diamondor Lenore or whatever that situation is, but somebody that's going to come in and push them. So a couple years ago, the 49ers in free agency had an opportunity to get, I believe it was Bradley Roby, right? The cornerback at Ohio State. He was with uh, the Broncos for a while. Um, he was kind of their nickel corner. He wasn't the nickel, but he was coming in nickel packages, playing on the outside. And I would have brought him in to compete with a Keller Witherspoon. Now here's the issue. When you have somebody like Bradley Roby, he's solid corner. I felt like Witherspoon was potentially a solid corner. You can come in and have somebody push somebody, but when you have to pay them $10 million, most likely that guy has to play, right? So I probably wouldn't have paid them $10 million. I will go out and look for somebody that's a one to two, maybe $3 million cornerback and have him compete with the likes of Ambry Thomas and Diamondo Lenore. That's how I would do it. I would not... I think everybody wants the 49ers to draft a cornerback high. I have to know what I have in Amory Thomas and Diamond Lenore before I put a lot of resources into that position in the via the draft. All right. It, 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 again, you know, you got the Papa, Papa, Papa Murphy's. You know what I'm saying? You know, it might take you know, I preheat the oven, you gotta put it. It's not instant, right? I know everybody wants the corn dog cornerback. The cornerback that's, you know, hey, we just put this in the microwave real quick. Two minutes, is done. Boom, and we can eat it. All right? I don't think that's the – I, I want to – there's going to have to be some developing 
as far as Amber Thomas. Or you're going to continue to go through that cycle where every time you draft a player, if he's not instantly exactly what you want, you're just going to move on and draft somebody else to replace him. And then what if that guy, it's the same thing, right? There has to be the process, the development, and whatever. Then now, damn, I got to do it again. Damn, I got to do it again. I don't think that's the right way to do it. So and they drafted Amber Thomas. They drafted Diamondo Lenore. If they just absolutely feel like Amber Thomas isn't it, and they didn't draft him really high. I mean, he was a super late third-round pick. If they feel like he's not it again, I would still for next year, I would go with let me let me sign a free agent that's gonna push him. And maybe not, you know, but not but to where it's not that free agent, not enough money to where I have to play him right now. Because if you pay big money for a free agent, he's coming in and he's starting. And then what happens with the development of Ambry Thomas? Do we just forget about it? And then we do we continue to do that? Same thing with interior offensive line, right? Right guard. Got Aaron Banks. You just drafted him second round. You come in and say, well, the right side of the offensive line has been a little weak, so let's just go and draft a right guard. Well, what about Henry Thomas? I mean, uh, uh, Aaron Banks. Did you just forget about him? You know what I'm saying? So from that standpoint, I feel like you can bring certain guys in in free agency. Right guard, bring in a right guard that can't compete with Aaron Banks. Bring in a cornerback that can't compete with Ambry Thomas, but it can't be to the extent of – Pushing Ambry Thomas to the side. That would be my that would be my opinion. So that's how I would address those two positions. Um, aside from that, I like the way that the 49ers are kind of constructed. If again, if it were me, and we talk about positions and moves and things like that, I would trade Jimmy Garoppolo and then I just pay a backup like eight million dollars, right? So what does that backup look like? You know, there are guys out there like Mr. Trubisky. Who's, you know, he's a backup for Buffalo right now. He looked good in preseason, you know, that type of backup that has experience, that has played, that has ability, that you can really kind of have a similar offense with both guys. Uh, you know, Andy Dalton, guys like that come to mind where that's your backup, you know, to Trey Lance. I would bring in a guy like that. I thought I like the thoughts this offseason. If you guys uh maybe a lot of you didn't listen to me this offseason, but you know, I like the thoughts of Getting rid of it once the 49ers made the trade up to three. Up to three, my initial reaction was get rid of Jimmy right now, sign a guy like Fitzpatrick. That was my thoughts. Obviously, they do that, but get a guy like that, the, the vet, you know, he can he can come in, he can play. You know, what you don't want to do is get in a situation like they were, and it's like, okay, we got Trey Lance, but then behind him, we got a CJ Beathard. Now, I'm not saying CJ Beathard, but you know a quarterback where it's just like, bro, we're done. Get you a veteran that, you know, you feel like can win some games if there's, you know, a knee sprain and your guy has to miss a game or, or so. So um, I don't I don't think that I would have any just big-time changes to anything uh, with the 49ers right now. Uh, definitely some guys are going to have to sign uh, Aziz Al-Shair. Uh, you know, there's some defensive linemen, I'm pretty sure. If there was one area where I would spend big money, it would be defensive line. I would go get me a book in edge rusher. What do I have to pay to get this edge rusher? Let me get that. That's probably the one position. I know everybody's thinking cornerback. It wouldn't be cornerback. Again, cornerback, I would bring somebody in to compete with Embry Thomas. Right guard, I would bring somebody to compete with um, uh, Aaron Banks. All right? Bring somebody in to compete with the corners, the young corners. Bring somebody in to compete with Aaron Banks. But I would not – big money, let me go get that edge rusher. Big money edge rusher. Who is that guy? All right. To have somebody, a bookend play opposite, you know, our guy Nick Bosa. 
and that you know so that's kind of some of the things some of the, my thought process again that was kind of off the off the cusp so we'll get more into that i'm sure because remember i mean we come in five days a week regardless of the time of year and uh there's gonna be a lot to talk about this off season with how to construct the 49ers but it's still season man 49ers are doing their thing everything's gonna up and up one four in the last five games so we don't gotta talk about the offseason just yet here we go um Please keep breathing your prayers. He's sick and has a fever of 103. You know what, PG? I, I saw that and I appreciate the contribution. Uh, you have to leave a contribution for me to put this on the on the screen. I did see that. And um, yeah, man, prayers up to my guy, Wayne Breezy, high fever. You know, there's that new variant of COVID going around right now. So, you know, everybody be safe. You know, we see what's happening in the NFL right now. You know, how many how many teams right now are dealing with just you know, just COVID like by the mass, right? I think it's like eight players or so with the uh LA Rams. Like that's crazy. Now, I if they have to miss some time, I hope they stay healthy. I hope they're healthy and nothing bad happens, but uh I wouldn't be it wouldn't be the worst thing if they missed a couple games or a game or so. Uh right tackle. I wouldn't draft right tackle. Or, yeah, I wouldn't draft free agent. I wouldn't. Okay, could we look at the right tackle position? One, McGlinchey's coming back. They picked up his fifth-year option. So he's back. All right? So there's that that aspect of it. Two, you, you drafted a guy like Jalen Moore. Again, I believe in the power of development. That's just, you know. So when you get a guy like Jalen Moore and you have, you have a guy like, uh, you know, Mike McGlinchey, I would just prepare for when McGlinchey is going the following year, Jalen Moore, you make sure you're ready to take over that right tackle spot. That's where my mind would be. Right guard, not drafting a right guard. I just drafted one second round. We got, you, you don't want to, you drafted one second round this year, and then do you want to turn around and draft another one? Or do you want to bring in a free agent that's going to play over him and not really give him the proper opportunity to develop, right? I wouldn't go with right guard. Or really right tackle at that. Uh, find a CB1 in free agency. Bring back Verrett. Uh, bring Verrett back for depth. Let them all compete for CB2 with Mosley and other rookies. It, I wouldn't do that either. <laughs> okay, so find a CB1 in free agency. All right, let's look at free agency real quick. Uh, free agent, cornerbacks. Hold on. 2022. All right, let's let's bring up these guys in the sense of of all right, we're looking for a CB1, which I don't know. If you were a team and you had a CB1 on your roster, would you let him go? Say 49ers right now. And if you watch around the league, a lot of teams are kind of struggling to have like legit cornerbacks. You know what I'm saying? Legit corner. They will. Everybody wants a CB1. Everybody. So why would you let a CB1 go? You can only let a CB1 go if you have another CB1, but what team is that? So let's look into that a little bit. And then let's talk about the um, – I'm pressing the wrong buttons. And then let's talk about how what, what we feel is the best way to go about it. As a, as a collective group here, all right, we'll talk through it. And I'll give my – you know, what I'm, what I'm thinking, and then you guys talk to me a little bit about what you're thinking. All right. 
So here we go. We're bringing up the uh, free agents. All right, and I'm gonna I'm gonna remove that. But remember, guys, I, I'm removing that so that we can see the screen. But remember, we're looking at free agents. Damn, they got all these damn pop ups. I can't get that. So you got first, you got Stephon Gilmore. All right, Stephon Gilmore, definitely, you know, bringing him in that would be awesome. I thought the 49ers had an opportunity to trade for him this year, and I definitely feel like they would have been better for it. Maybe at the time because the 49ers were in the midst of what was it losing. Four straight games. <laughs> so maybe the 49ers didn't feel like they were there to take on his salary, which it looks like he was making $13 million. Maybe the 49ers just didn't have the money to take on his salary. All right. So you have Stefan Gilmore. He's a candidate, right? So do you say, all right, we're going to bring in, uh, we're going to pay Stefan Gilmore. First, he has to want to play for you. You have to give him big time money, which 49ers should have some money to play with. All right. You got Stefan Gilmore, Emmanuel Mosley. How do you like that? And now we're saying, okay, maybe if it's just for a year, so Ambry Thomas, we can let that whole thing happen organically, and Ambry Thomas can potentially, you know, continue to, quote-unquote, develop while still having a bona fide starter. Now, again, you're going to have to pay Stephon Gilmore probably some big-time money, but I would say he's worth it. All right, you have Joe Hayden, Kyle Fuller, Chris Harris, Patrick Peterson, Bryce Callahan. Some of these guys that I'm I'm mentioning, they aren't, their, their name might be bigger than what they are today. Here's the thing with cornerbacks. Again, you look around the league, and a lot of guys are getting beat. You know, Patrick Peterson, uh, you know, he's fine, but he's not the Patrick Peterson that we once known when you think of CB1 in your head. I don't, I don't think Patrick Peterson is quite that. So there's that aspect of it. Uh, I mean, look, Jason Verrett, he's one of the top guys. The 49ers have him, and he's injured right now. I'd say out of all these guys, even Bryce Callahan, I wouldn't have expected him to be, you know, pushing 30, 31 years old. Uh, you got to kill the Witherspoon, which is crazy because Spoon's only 26 years old. That's pretty good. And then some of these other guys, too, you got J.C. Jackson here. He's probably going to be franchised. He's probably going to be franchised. Oh, this is going by money. Okay, I see what they're doing here. Mike Hughes. If he's on a one-year contract, that's somebody who I like. I like Mike Hughes, but again, if you're looking for like a CB1, right, I think he, I don't know if he's more of a pure nickel. I've seen him make some plays. All right, just scored a touchdown against the Raiders on a pick, picked up a fumble. He's still young. Vikings, he was with the Vikings. He was a first-round pick. Vikings let him go. All right, he ended up going to Kansas City. If they let him go, how good is he really? Again, maybe he fits with where the 49ers are. Now, if you're talking about bringing in a guy to compete with Ambry Thomas, I'm all for that. So a guy like Mike Hughes, that's more the route I would go. I would go more like, all right, if I only got to pay Mike Hughes $2 million, maybe $3 million, and he can come in and compete with Ambry Thomas. And now you're telling Ambry, like, all right, it's been a year. We've given you a year to, you know, get acclimated to the NFL game. You should know the system. We're going to bring a guy in. You're going to compete with him. We're going to give him a fair shit chance to start, but we're also going to give you a fair chance to start. So I think that's probably, you know, Mike Hughes. That might be maybe the direction that I potentially go with. But just I don't think it's as simple as just saying, all right, we're just gonna we're just gonna start a we're just gonna pay a, a guy and he's gonna come in and he's gonna be he's gonna be a, a CB1. I don't think it's that simple. 
don't think it's that simple. Spoon is worse than covering. Spoon is worse uh, covering. Spoon is worse at covering than Norman. I wouldn't say that. I don't think Spoon is worse than Norman. But Spoon didn't make the plays that Norman made. So kind of, I do think that Spoon is, he's a little above him just in a pure coverage standpoint. But definitely, uh, they both have their weird moments. Spoon, you would like to see him take the ball away more. Now, he did have two interceptions. What was that, Thursday Night Football? Witherspoon had two picks on Thursday Night Football. He had, uh, he was guarding Justin Jefferson in the end zone. They threw, they targeted Witherspoon twice, back-to-back -back plays in the end zone. He broke up both passes. And then a little bit later in the game, he had two interceptions. Uh, and both interceptions that Witherspoon had gave the Steelers a chance to win that game. They were big-time plays. So shout-out to Keller Witherspoon. Uh, definitely has been up and down, but he had big moments at that time. That was pretty cool to see. So I don't know if you guys watched that. Probably most of you guys didn't, huh? Spoon has no confidence to take a chance on anyone else. I don't know if you watched Spoon this year, but I just watched him. <laughs> and again, they targeted him back-to-back -back times in the end zone with George, Justin Jefferson. He broke up both passes, was doing his, get out of here, get, don't throw on me. He was doing all that. Then later in the game, he came back. He had back-to-back -back interceptions that gave the Steelers a chance to potentially tie or win that game. Shout out to Witherspoon. He had a big game. He had a big game. And that was on, that was on national television for everybody to see. So, um, you can... You can uh, you can average corners maybe uh, slightly above average if you have a great D line. 2019, our corners were not that great, but we had a great D line. Yeah, but I think that 2019 kind of skews like what a great D line like because that wasn't just a great D line that was like a all time great defensive line. So right now I think the 49ers defensive line is playing good, and I think that's contributing to the 49ers having. Uh, top five, top six uh, pass defense in the NFL right now. So, yeah, you don't need great corners. Guys are going to get beat. Guys are going to get beat. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Guys are going to get beat. Having a good pass rush, which the 49ers have, gives you a chance. And if you look at some of the things that the 49ers have done, as far as, you know, coverage goes, uh, just defensively, overall. So I think we look at, like, all oh, the passing, this moment, this moment. But, like, look at the overall numbers. They're doing well. Uh, you look at passing touchdowns against them. They're doing well. Uh, look at points against the 49ers. And if you look at recently, I mean, as tough of a game and who they were playing against, against Cincinnati Bengals, they gave up 23 points. They gave up 23 points. That's not crazy, right? It's not crazy. So... I think the 49ers defensive line definitely right now is helping the secondary. And I think that it should be the case because, again, you turn on most games and a lot of the lot of secondaries just aren't doing very well. So that's just kind of my opinion. I've been kind of beating the drum of it could be a lot worse than what we see from the 49ers secondary. It could be a lot worse. And it definitely helps to have two good safeties. And Jaquiski Tart and Jimmy Ward, really good safeties, really good safeties. But all right, shout out to everybody that's in the chat right now. I know we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. If you haven't already, hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button if you like what you heard so far. Underdog Fantasy, promo code Crocky. All right, promo code Crocky. We're going to get an Underdog Fantasy. We're going to wait till Friday for that. Wait till Friday. Last week, y'all, you know, we made $200. I'm going to put that back into the show. Getting some merch made. The faithful, uh, the Frontline Sports faithful hats is going to be red and gold. Then I'm also going to have 
the hoodies that are uh is going to be the faithful hoodies and on the back is going to say uh the faithful in the saloon font the hoodies are going to say the faithful right here in saloon font and then have this logo red and gold right under it so we're going to have the faithful the faithful line or you know we're going to put that out and whoever we pick man i'm gonna give you know send a free hoodie and hat to them so shout out to everybody who has supported the channel, the network, everything, the growth of it, going through some changes. But, hey, we're coming along, man. We're coming along. Appreciate all that. But let's talk about, one, D4, all right? And how do we get in here 30 minutes without talking about D4 and the situation there? How did y'all feel when the 49ers originally traded for D4? I know I was excited. You know, we're talking about a guy who – you know, it was coming off of a season, what was it, 14 sacks, 15 sacks, maybe 16 sacks. I was excited about that. Yeah, guys, run those likes, man. Run those likes up. 127 of y'all in there. Uh, I don't know how many likes are there, but we said it looks like it says 27. All right, but, yeah, hit that like button for your boy. But when the 49ers got D4, man, like, I was excited. And it was like, okay, then not only did they get D4, they went, they got Nick Bosa. And just the, the impact that those two guys had on that Super Bowl run, like, it was big. Words can't even put in – you know, can't even describe like what that was for it. Now, the KC players, I wouldn't say that. I'd say, you know, and I'm I'm looking at my guy Ellis's tweet. KC, you play yourself. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You play yourself. It's on you to do the research. It's on you to look into the situation. What's going on with D Ford? Okay, he had XYZ injuries or whatever. If you feel like you can play through those things, then you know, or work through that with him then all right, but clearly didn't happen. And he ended up being really injury prone. But he brought us a lot of joy in that first year, just being a part of a team that went to a Super Bowl. And he was a big part of that. So I wouldn't say Casey played us. You played yourself, but he did help that first year. So that was awesome. That was awesome. But it paid him a lot of money. And I'm not pocket watching or anything like that, but I would say the 49ers probably didn't think that they got the return on their investment, right? You gave up a second-round pick, you had to turn around, you had to pay them, they paid them a lot of money, they moved money around. He made a lot of money, and he didn't, you know, he only played really one year. So that's unfortunate, and it sounds like right now the 49ers are about to let him go. The reports are out right now that the, uh, D. Ford has informed his teammates that the 49ers are letting him go. It uh, sounds like today is happening, and, uh, you know, I just say, you know, Appreciate you for the contribution to a good team in 2019. It's unfortunate he's been hurt so much and wasn't able to really play outside of that. But um, good career. Might be done. Might come back, see him for somebody else playing, you know, some type of role and, and uh, you know, maybe helping someone. But it's, uh, it's unfortunate. Unfortunate. And I always have a soft spot for guys like that that deal with injuries and that kind of derails their careers because, you know, that's tough. That's one of those things. I don't want to say you can't control. There are things you can work on to help yourself with injuries and whatnot. But clearly, uh, you know, his is, is a little too it's too far gone now. See, my guy Trice Tri says the injury buyout. Yeah, injury settlement. So, um, you know, injury settlements, they give you kind of a split or whatever. Do you guys know what injury settlement is? So, I remember when I was playing – uh, with the New York Jets, and I had some guys. I remember my guy Videl Hazelton. He had got, he had got, he tore his ACL in training camp, and they released him with an injury settlement. And basically, the injury settlement pay, pays you whatever the split is for the amount of games that you're going to miss. 
the injury settlement pays you out that on top of being able to go and train and, you know, rehab or whatever, they basically cover that. So you go home, you train, you know, you get paid, whatever your split was going to be. So for instance, right. When I signed with the New York jets, it was a three year, $1.5 million contract. All right. Now, obviously you only get what's guaranteed to you and 1.5 million was not guaranteed to me. <laughs> All right. Now, within your, you know, your guarantees, whatever. I still have my contract. Maybe one day I'll bring it up here. So there's a split. So in my contract, it said if I had tore my ACL that uh, I would, instead of getting the 405,000 that I was getting for that year, that was the minimum at that time, 405, I would get, it was like 190,000. All right. So if I would have tore my ACL on training camp, 190,000 was coming to me. That was kind of how it goes. They give you that injury settlement and you go away. Now, sometimes you clear things and they bring you back and they keep you around for a year. You could train at the facility and things like that. But a lot of guys, especially lower end roster guys, injury settlement, you know, and, and they can give you an injury settlement on anything. You can break a finger, uh, break something in your finger. And if you're going to miss four weeks, they can just give you an injury settlement for that and they pay you out four weeks. You know what I'm saying? Or whatever that would be, like according to your split. Yeah, Hazleton, USC. I think he ended up transferring from USC and went to Cincinnati. Uh, he was with the Jets when I was there. Aggressive guy, bigger guy, about six foot three, two hundred plus pounds. I like, I liked Hazleton. I, I believe he went up north to uh, our buddies up there to the CFL. I believe he played up there for a little bit. Riddell Hazleton. All right, all right, all right. So want to get through that, but uh, let's transition into really what we wanted to come on and talk about today, and that is. Let's talk about our elite players. George Kittle. Hey, am I the only one when George Kittle catches a, a first down? Do y'all do y'all do that with him? Or am I the only one that does that? I'm looking in the chat right now to see if I'm alone. If I'm alone on that, then I'm, maybe I'm going to start feeling like a weirdo and I'll stop. All right. But when George Kittle catches a first down, I'm always like, <laughs> y'all don't do that? <laughs> maybe I'm the only one. All right. But George Kittle, he's been elite. And it's awesome to see what he's doing right now, the impact that he's nah. So y'all y'all don't do that. I see Nicholas says yes. Nicholas, are you saying yes to okay, okay, so y'all are doing it. So hey, uh Blurble Bill, I think you're alone. Cause everybody, I see everybody saying they do it. They do it all the time. Uh I do it too. I do it too, Croc. Every time. Yes, I do. There we go. Um so yeah, every time George Kittle get when he if I'm into it, if I'm getting into it and he huh, catches it, I I I get up out of out off the couch. And, huh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah, I feel like that's like a must anytime he does that. We gotta put together like a compilation for George Kittle, man. Everybody just when he catches the ball, everybody do it, man. I for sure do it. But anyways, he's been elite. Obviously, had a big game, and George Kittle was rewarded. What? Hold on, Jesse, you haven't done it. I have never once. Wow, you gotta, you gotta do it. I'm telling you, it's gonna make you feel better. It's gonna make you feel more involved. <laughs> it's gonna get you into it. I'm telling you, I do. I've done it at the games. If I go to a game, I do it. Someone says that requires energy. I got a lot of energy doing the 49er games. So looks like a lot of people do it. 49er Jeff says he does it. Victor does it. I think a lot of y'all do it. Uh, but um, anyways. So George Kittle, he was rewarded for his big performance. NMC, Offensive Player of the Week. 
let's go. And I wanted to really kind of highlight the, the guys that are either elite players or doing elite things. And George Kittle was first on that. I mean, he he's impacting the game so much, man. And for a guy who teams, you figure they're like, hey, uh, we got to stop this guy. And they just, they can't. When the 49ers choose to get him involved, can't stop him. You can't stop George Kittle. Now, it's on Kyle. Because I think sometimes we look and it's like, man, like one target, 12 yards, maybe he's not getting open. All right, that was the game against the Vikings. But uh, you, you clearly, if, if you involve him and he's getting targeted, he will win. He will win. He's going to beat his guy. He beats his guy man coverage. He's coming up big, like like my guy uh, Petty AF right here. Uh, it's a game changer. Okay, he's talking about that. <laughs> All right, but um, yeah, man, like George Kittle with what he does and how he impacts the game, get him involved more. Elite, elite, elite player. And obviously, he, you know, you know what I hate to hear about George Kittle when people are like, George Kittle, he doesn't care if he's involved in the passing game. He, he loves blocking more than he loves catching passes. And he might say that, but, bro, you, you are one of the best pass-catching Titans in the league. I don't care if he – we run, run the ball 40 times and run behind George Kittle. Throw the ball 40 times to George Kittle. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Throw the ball 40 times to George Kittle. He's too good and too much of a weapon and, and changes the games too much to not to not have heavily involved. He should see, and I said this earlier, and people were like, no, I said it. I'm going to have to find that video. I said it on Twitter. I said, George Kittle and Debo Samuel should each see minimum eight targets a game. Minimum. There should be. There should not be a game that goes by. I don't care if the 49ers don't throw the ball a whole lot. I don't care. There should not be a game that goes by that George Kittle and Debo Samuel don't see eight targets each. Shouldn't be a game that that happens. Those guys are playmakers. Those guys are winners. They win. The, the, the more they get the ball, the more something special is bound to happen with both of them. They're special. Debo Samuel's special. George Kittle's special. There should not be a time where you aren't, like they should go a game and not have at least eight targets. None of you want an explosive offense. I think it's, it's wild that there's a game that George Kittle has where he only sees two targets or one target. Hell, last game, D Debo saw the one target. And most would say, well, he's coming back from injury. Okay, so, you know, he's coming back from injury. They're, they're trying to – well, why did he get eight touches in the run game? He should see eight targets. Debo should get eight targets every game. Kittle. And then whatever else is there for you, I I get that. Until further notice. <laughs> All right. But want to really come out and give Kittle his flowers from what I'm seeing. Office player of the week. That's awesome. I feel like if 49ers would have won last week, he would probably would have got it last week as well. Kittle's big time, man. And the 49ers have an elite player. For all the flack that the 49ers get with drafting players and stuff like that, they got an elite one with him. All right. Here we go. Staying on the offensive side. There's two more guys I want to really get to on the offensive side of the ball. All right. And this guy. The silverback, Trent Williams, elite, elite, and I'm and I'm and I'm talking about these guys because of the impact that they're having on games. Trent Williams has been amazing. He's like 
changing. He's going to probably change the way that PFF grades players because he's great now at like 99. I've never seen it before. I have never seen this before, what Trent Williams is doing. Never. And it's so crazy. And I talked about this on Locked On 49ers with my guy, Brian Peacock. Make sure you guys listen to Locked On uh, 49ers description. Uh, the, the, the link is in the description. YouTube too. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. But we talked about it. And it was like, we watched, we watched Joe Staley. And it was like, man, Joe Staley's hella good. Man. Joe Staley, Joe, Joe Staley, will he be Hall of Famer, right? Like, you know, all those things. We saw him be really good for an extended period of time. Joe Staley, good football player, even better personality. And I was like, damn, all right, you go from Joe Staley to Trent Williams. And again, you can hear about how good a player is, and we hear about how good Trent Williams is, but to watch him, how can you be that much better than the guy you're – like, Joe Staley was really good. And he's not even in the same tier. I thought Joe Staley was a Hall of Famer until I watched Trent Williams. <laughs> That's a Hall of Famer. Joe Staley, terrific, really good. Should be Ring of Honor and all that with the 49ers. Trent Williams, that's Hall of Fame. This is the best offensive lineman I've ever seen, ever. Definitely get to do his flowers. And some of the stuff he does, he does some really like unorthodox stuff. And, I, and I'm just like, how is he doing that? Or how is he? And then he just throws guys around. He throws guys around. Like, I watched him throw this Bengal player, and it was just like, how are you throwing another grown man like that? Like, how are you doing that? I'm watching. I just watched some guys, uh, Charles Cross, uh, Evan Neal, and um, another guy from from uh, Texas A&M, some offensive linemen. I watched three offensive linemen. They all play different positions. Uh, they all play tackle, uh, left tackle or right tackle, whatever they play all along the line. And I watch them, and it's like, okay. But it's, but what's unfair to them is that I watched Trent Williams for – I've been watching him for two seasons now. And that can skew what you, what you think somebody is supposed to look like <laughs> as a prospect, right? Because in my head, it's like, well, you're not doing what Trent Williams does. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? But then it's like, man, he nobody does what Trent Williams does. If somebody said right now Trent Williams is the best offensive player in the NFL, like you wouldn't get no pushback from me. He's that dominant. And I don't even know how he's doing it. It's really one of the craziest things I've seen. So Trent Williams definitely want to give him his flowers with how great he's playing. How great he's playing. And uh, is it martial arts? Is that what he's doing? Because Trent Williams, he does this thing. I've never seen anyone else do it. And maybe nobody else can even try to do it. But he does like this. Uh, it's like a... And then, like, he just pushes the guy down. And I'm like, bro, I've never seen anybody else do that. I've never seen anybody else do that. Like, and, and he does it every game. If you just watch him, watch him, like... I mean, he'll be getting into his pass set, and he just boom, boom, boom. And he just pushes the guy down into the ground. I'm like... How the hell is he doing that? How is he doing that? Trent Williams, incredible. Really the most dominant offensive lineman I've ever paid attention to. And I look at guys, I've seen guys, you know, Joe Thomas and things like that. This guy, and people are saying it too, like, Trent Williams, man, probably a Hall of Famer. And I'm like, wow, oh, okay. I mean, okay. Yeah, I know he's good. Nah, he's motherfucker, Hall of Famer. He's hella good. All right, so I want to give him his flowers. All right, so I don't went over two guys on the offensive side of the ball. I got one more guy. All right, and I'm not going to get into Debo Samuel just yet. 
All right, but I talked about guys having, you know, being elite in their impact on the offense. All right, elite. And there's another guy that I feel like has elite moments. And it's Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy G, for as frustrating as it is to watch him, and maybe he makes it harder on himself. He definitely makes it harder on the team. And he leaves plays out there on the field. He does all that. But one thing that is, and I don't know if you guys feel the same way as me, but 49ers down and it's the last drive, Do y'all are y'all as confident as I am with that Jimmy is going to lead the 49ers down the field? I'm, I know, I know it's frustrating. And again, I can't stand, like, I don't know, I don't even know how to feel about Jimmy. But again, I feel, I, I feel comfortable. That last two minutes and the 49ers need to drive, I don't have, I've, I'm more anxious with him throughout the game than I am with the game on the line in the last two minutes. Throughout the game, I remember like him throwing a deep ball and they kind of panned it and I'm like, oh, damn. Matter of fact, he threw this one ball over the middle and I'm like, oh, damn. Like I just, I I have those, I have those, like it, it's, it's weird, right? It's really weird. Like I'm watching them and I'm just like, this, this is not, you know, good throughout the game. I was, I was dead set on tweeting out, get Jimmy Garoppolo out of here. Like this dude is so ass. And he almost still, you know, he tried to trick it off the, the drop interception of Bates. He was not good up until that moment. But then it was like, damn, when that game is on the line, those two minutes, I feel like at ease with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. And it's the wildest thing ever. I can't stand him for 58 minutes of the game. <laughs> and then the last two minutes, I'm like, okay, Jimmy got this. Jimmy got this. And that's weird. That's so weird. I don't even know how to feel about it. But I'm talking about elite players, and I do feel like he is either elite or borderline elite when it comes down to those last two minutes. Like, he just has this, like, moxie about him, like, okay, I'm just going to go and I'm going to go win this game. Whether he does or not, right, we saw against the Seahawks, we didn't win it. But I don't know. Again, and I think both things can be true, right? He can be super frustrating. You can want him out of there. You can want Trey Lance. I think that can be true. And the other thing can be true is in the last two minutes, there's like this calmness that comes over me with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. Now, for whatever reason, uh, fans sometimes take things, like you take out of it what you want. So I'm going to make sure I, I continue to stress what I'm trying to say here. And I just saw a, a comment that said, uh, I'm sorry, Jimmy Garoppolo is not elite. I ain't saying Jimmy is elite. But I'm saying in those last two minutes, I'm way more confident in those last two minutes than I am with him throughout an entire game. And I feel like in those last two minutes, like there aren't very many other quarterbacks that I feel more comfortable with being my quarterback in that moment. Now throughout games, and maybe he's the reason why we got to that point, right? That game shouldn't have been close. That game shouldn't have been close. All we needed was a first down here and there. And that game is over with. 49ers had a chance. They got a, a sack with five minutes left in that game, up a touchdown. There should have been a drive that put that game away. 
right? He didn't do it. So, yeah, like, he's part of the reason why he has to do those two-minute drives. But I'm just saying, in that moment, in that moment, that's when I'm I'm really confident in what, what he, he does. Here we go. Uh, makes the Romo uh, comp make sense. Exactly. Romo, same way, right? Tony Romo, y'all don't want... Now, I would say Romo was better. Romo, in my bet, Romo was better than Jimmy Garoppolo. But he still did the weird things that Jimmy Garoppolo would do. And again, they would do these things to where they are the reason that they have to come back at the end of the game, right? Whether they didn't put a game away. And, and a lot of times that's going to be the difference between, okay, 49ers against the Seahawks. You know, 49ers were up. They, they were up, you know, nine points. And 49ers scored zero points in the second half. To me, that's on the quarterback, right? So he's putting himself in position to have to do a game winning drive because he didn't do enough or make enough plays or enough throws to extend that lead. How do you get stuck on 20 points or 23 points, or whatever it was the 49ers had? So he's part of it. And Romo, some of the same stuff. Would throw some weird interceptions. Jimmy threw some weird interceptions. He's part of the reason why he has to come back. But still have this certain level of calmness that comes over me when Jimmy, uh, those last two minutes, those last two minutes. Consistency is key in any high-level sport. This is true. But, yeah, that's my opinion. Y'all don't kill me on that. Again, y'all don't feel like that? Y'all don't feel really confident when it's like the last couple minutes and Jimmy has the ball in his hands? You guys don't feel like he's going to boop, 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 boop? It's weird. You compliment you compliment Jimmy and folks somehow forget anything you said and you get elite out of what you said. <laughs> right. I ain't saying he's elite. I'm just saying in the last two minutes, there aren't many quarterbacks that I would feel more comfortable with having the ball in their hands at that time. And since I feel like that, like there aren't many, I'd say maybe there's three or four. I mean, even, okay, listen, I would take, I would take Justin Herbert over Jimmy Garoppolo in a heartbeat. I don't even have to think about it. I don't even have to think about it, right? Herbert, Jimmy, right? But in the last two minutes, am I still taking Herbert over Jimmy Garoppolo? I would say no. I would say no. I would take in the last two minutes, if you say, all right, you got to have one of these quarterbacks in the last two minutes. Are you taking Joe, uh, Justin Herbert or are you taking Jimmy Garoppolo? I'm taking Jimmy Garoppolo. So that's kind of what I mean by that. Anyways, hope everybody's having a good time in the chat. I see people, you know, having all their opinions. That's great. That's great. About to bring you guys on in four minutes. Last thing I just want to talk about Nick Bosa being elite. And Bosa... I mean, for everything that I said about Trent Williams, Nick Bosa is like, he's on his way there. And how is this dude doing it? Coming off of a year, he just tore his ACL. And I heard all offseason like, oh, man, you know, you can't, you can't, uh, you, know, you can't get too, you get your hopes up. You know, he's not going to look the same. Motherfucker, better. All right? Elite. Nick Bosa's elite. How is Nick Bosa? Here's here's a couple of questions. Cause I think he like leads the league in like tackles for loss or something like that. Um, he's up there in sacks. How is he not being talked about in a sense of like defensive player of the year, comeback player of the year, all that? 
How is he not being talked about like that? I think he can too. I think I think Bosa can reach 20 sacks with four games left. How is he not being talked about as player of the year? Defensive player of the year. Now I see no Aziz Alshayerla. He's playing really good. I want to talk about like the elite performances. Now again, I need to see a little bit more from him, but the guys that I've talked about, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo in that moment, right, which we've seen, was it most fourth quarter comebacks 2019? Uh, did it again, you know, this year. Like, you know, I've seen that consistently from Jimmy. Al Shire, he's having a terrific year and definitely needs to get his love. He definitely needs to get his love. But uh, not yet. Not yet. But, yeah, Bosa, Illy. I don't even think I really have to go too deep into it, but I wanted to come on today and give guys their flowers. All right. Appreciate everybody's in the chat right now. You know what to do, man. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. He's having elite performances. But having elite performances doesn't mean that you're elite. I think it's like doing it like over and over and over and over, right? Because what I'm seeing from George Kittle, like, that's, you know, he's over and over. I want to give him his flowers. Nick Bosa, he's done it, like, over and over. Like, he's by himself. I saw something that showed quarterback hits, and he was, like, he has, like, 28 quarterback hit, hits, and then the next person on the 49ers, Arden Key, he has seven. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, damn, like, bro, he's doing it on his own. Now, the defensive line is playing better as a whole. But Bosa's out there, he's kind of – an island boy, an island boy. Bosa's on an island by himself right now as far as, like, just being top level, all that type of stuff. But, again, appreciate everybody's in the chat right now. I got first caller coming on. Real quick, before I get to the uh, first caller, again, I, you know, I came on and I talked about it. Hold on, hold on. How do I do this? All right, um, I came on and I talked about it. As most of you know, I live in Arkansas. I live in Arkansas, and the north, the north, the northeast part of Arkansas had a huge tornado come through. Multiple tornadoes come through, tore up cities or little towns, and is leaving a lot of people to not have, uh, you know, Christmas. A lot of kids are going to go without toys. And one of my buddies from out here in Arkansas, Monticello, I live in southeast Arkansas. He's putting together something to take kids out, uh, to take toys to kids, and there's going to be a toy drive. So, um, I want if you guys can help, toy drive, uh, tornado uh, relief. If you have anything, if you can help, whether it's five dollars, ten dollars, whatever it is, here's the link for you to be able to help. Again, this is to help, you know, the 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 kids that are really dealing with this tornado that wiped out a lot of what they had, you know, and the parents maybe don't have the money, uh, you know, to help pick it up. I have a guy, he's putting stuff together and they created a, a GoFundMe. So, uh, the GoFundMe, all the money goes directly to the kids, the toys, and, you know, people just trying to help. So I think I'm gonna go out there Saturday as well to help, you know, I fly out to California Sunday, but, uh, you know, we just want to help these people get the same Christmas that our kids are having. So here we go. That's the link right there. You can click the link. For the uh, toy drive, tornado, tornado relief, I don't know what to call it, but uh, devastation hit northeast Arkansas, and uh, we just want to help any way we can. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. We got underdog fantasy promo code Crocky. 
All right. Got Manscaped, manscaped.com. All right. Make sure if you're not already, uh, go to manscaped.com. They got the new performance pack 4.0. New performance pack 4.0. When you use promo code Crocky, you get 20% off the entire website. Yo, yo, yo. What's good? I got my guy Roscoe's on. What's good with you, Roscoe's? Roscoe's, you're muted. But Chris, Chris, you're muted. Croc, come back to me. I got you. Oh, he said come back to him. Okay, he's doing something right now. All right. Uh, sound like he was in the bathroom on the toilet or something. All right, here we go. Got my guy Darius. Darius coming on. Darius, what's good with you, big dog? Man, what's going on, man? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. I got you. What did you think? Uh, what did you think about uh, me saying that in the last two minutes? How, how many quarterbacks do you feel more comfortable with the ball in their hands in the last couple minutes? Of the game, more comfortable uh, than Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say AR, I'm gonna say Tom Brady, Russell. Um, can I say Drew Brees? I know he's gone, but nah, he's retired. Nope, all right, all right, all right. Uh, shit, that's probably. That's all I can really riddle off at the top of my head. Oh, yeah, Mahomes, my bad. What the hell? Mahomes. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much it. It's probably like only like four or five of them that could really just – that could do that, man. Um, all 2019, I used to say that about Jimmy. I used to, like, I remember when we played the Cardinals at home. And, yeah, through that pick. And, um, you know, everybody was upset. My partner was upset. I said, don't trip, man. Jimmy going to get that back. And he showed up that very next drive. Boop, boop, boop. Got down that field, you know, five-yard darts, 10-yard darts, running the ball. Um, That's one thing you can't say about Jimmy, man, is when his ass is on the line, so most times, more than not, he's going to at least get you to the goal line. You know, he ain't, he don't always punch it in, as was the case with Seattle. But one thing for sure, when there's some seconds on the clock, I'm not too much worried. It's just about when we actually get down there, will he, will he seal the deal? But – uh. I mean, going forward, I'm confident that he'll get past Atlanta. I'm confident he'll run run past these whole, all these teams except for maybe the Rams. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I've been seeing a lot of uh, other fans talking about we're not even ready to go to the bowl. And it's like, bro, you don't know what's going to happen, man. Giants was 9-7. and seven. You know what I'm saying? And, and they beat Tom Brady that year, and they wasn't the best. But they was they was good. Don't get me wrong. They had a very good defensive rush and whatnot. And I just feel like, bro, like any given Sunday, man. Period. Like, how can you count your own team out? I feel like we can match up with anybody when we're, when we're playing our best ball. Only two liabilities we got would be Jimmy G when he gets jittery, and then Josh Norman when he gets a little handsy out there on the field. You know, maybe, 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 maybe the rookies at corner, but. We have yet to even see them develop, and I feel like these next three games is really going to bring it out of them. Um, that's my stand on it. All right, yes, sir. How I you hear, feel? I How hear. You feel about it? Yeah, no, nah, I mean, especially as far as a team, uh, you know, potentially looking to have a. Somebody said, "Hey, you crack for the island boy." <laughs> hey, Nick Bosa out there on the island by himself. Island boy. <laughs> but yeah, um, 
<laughs> but yeah, I I feel like the 49ers really get it going, which is yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo can't have those slow games, right? right? He can't have those games. Last game, you know, it it took here here's the thing that was worrisome with the last game. The 49ers got two takeaways. They did not turn the ball over. And and those takeaways put the 49ers in scoring position. Yet it took overtime for the 49ers to win. To me, that's a little worrisome. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Like to me, that's the signs of a team is like, damn, like we need that type of stuff. And that's a little more on the lucky side, right? It wasn't like right. the 49ers punched those balls out. That was just a punter dropping multiple returns. Right. And that's that's what and obviously the defense did a good job of holding off Cincinnati, but like that's what it takes to win. Like, you know what I'm saying? Unless we're able to run 40 times like we did the, in, during the, that three-game winning streak. So, to me, that's the that, – I, I, I'd say if if anything is holding the 49ers back. And see, you touched on something Jimmy right Garoppolo. there. You touched on something that's been like a common theme this year, bro. And this is what I hate, right? Because, you know, I like to gamble and whatnot. And um, I tell my, my cousin all the time, you feel me, take Niners first half. You take Niners first half all season – You'll be a rich man. That second half, though, I don't know what happens. How we only score three points, man? Two quarters. Uh, well, this is this is how the 49ers only scored three points against Cincy. Because in the first half, points were gifted to them by Muff Punt. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. Exactly. 49ers so weren't really. The whole time they wasn't even playing well. Exactly. Doing well like that. Not to the extent of having like 17 points on the board. I think 10 of those points came off of the, the fumbles. So yeah. it wasn't like the 49ers were just really driving down the field. So in the second half, when the 49ers were really stagnant offensively, they had a good drive coming out and then didn't score after that until obviously, and they had an opportunity, right? The missed field goal and all that. But when you kind of look at the grant, you know, that whole thing in the grand scheme of things, they just weren't playing well. And Jimmy wasn't playing well. So, you know, he's going to have a big hand in it. If the 49ers are going to be good, they need more consistency from him throughout games. And right now, it, that's kind of been hit and miss unless the run game is just really clicking. Right. And God bless uh, Jeff Wilson. It seems like he's he's coming along, man. I mean, the, he averaged four yards a carry, even though he didn't have a big, big game. I felt like that was a, that was a real efficient, a real efficient uh, effort from him because it's like they were stacking the box the whole time. I think they only had like single high down there the, the whole game, man, when I was watching the, uh, the all 22 or whatever. But, right. I mean, because like you said, it's going to come down to running these backs and, and, and aiding Jimmy into getting it done, man. Um, it's going to be interesting, man. He's post the postseason. Right now, it's looking like I know everybody got mad at me yesterday. You know, Croc, you you got me. You got me in the debate. I had to start filibustering. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, when all those fields, you got a filibuster and you got me. You feel me? But at the end of the day, the reality is we are looking at Tampa Bay right now. That's, that's all I'm saying. I know everybody yeah. wants to play these other teams, but they also want ice, water, and hell. And until, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like we have to have these conversations as far as how do we how do we start, how do we match up against, you know, a team that we could potentially face, not who we want to face, but what it's really looking like. And, um, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a always say that we could beat anybody if if we play in our ball, if we could if we could bring it. And I mean, consistently, Bosa's come into play. 
Aziz, uh, Kawan, even uh, uh, even uh, Eric Armstead, D. Jones. Uh, say what you want about Tom Compton, but man, he opened up the doors for Debo for that uh, for that touchdown, the run blocking and what like. We have to start getting on these guys' strengths and not their weaknesses because we could sit on their weaknesses all day and just feel down about this team or we could start really circling what they do well and and expose that because that's how you win the game. And you're not going to win nitpicking at what they don't do. It's about what they I do think, do. And D, D, I huh? think what it is is a lot of times when something goes wrong, that's highlighted, right? That's, right. that's the thing that people notice the most, right? Whether it's cornerbacks, right? Josh Norman. We're, we're talking about Josh Norman. Everybody talk about how Josh Norman sucks. I hear nobody mention Josh Norman at all in the Cincinnati game. Thank right? you. But the moment he does give up something, the, oh, see, Josh Norman, he, so with right. Compton, whenever he gets beat or whatever, a lot of times they're going to focus more so on that than the other 50 reps where Tom Compton did what he was supposed to do. So that's, that's, that's right. just comes with the territory of, one, playing cornerback and offensive line because you don't see those guys on a consistent basis. Um, you they're typically highlighted on replays when something's not going their way. Right, man. And, I, and I'm a troll when it comes to Josh Norman. Uh, you know, there's another dude that got this uh, podcast named Brad, and he'd be on Josh Norman. So every time Josh Norman does good, does good, I'm on you. I'm sending them simple chats, bro. Say something now about Josh Norman. He'll, he'll ignore it, won't even read it. It's like, man, keep that same energy. Like, yeah, the same way that I criticize Jimmy, I'm going to show him love. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is my team. I love my team. Before I even knew what football was, I was a 49er fan, man. To give you a little backstory about me, my uncle, my mom's little brother, is Michael Carter. He played nose tackle back in the 80s, uh, retired like 91 or something like that, right? Um, 1989, he came to my grandma's house with hella 49er gear. I was born in 1986, so I was three years old. I don't know what the hell a 49er is, but that's what we're running <laughs> with. And ever since, yeah. and ever since then... That's been me. You're like, I'm a Niner. I cannot hate this team. Like, I hate sometimes what they do. A lot of times the organization makes me mad. But at the, same, at the end of the day, I'm going down with the ship, period. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like, you can't tell me if my boys get into the dance, man, they're not going to wiggle and jiggle, man. They're not going to cut a rug out there, bro. It's just, we're going to get all the bad hoes in that motherfucker, and we're going to leave with that ring. how I feel. <laughs> yeah, you know let's do it. Yes, sir. Man, yes, sir. But, uh, you stay blessed, though, man. Stay blessed. Right. Everybody in the chat, stay blessed. Y'all Y'all have a good day today. All right. Have a good one, D. All right, man. All right. That was my dog, D. Real quick, Trice. And I talked about uh, Norman, right, and how, like, hey, like, Norman played a whole game against Cincinnati. I don't even remember people really talking about him and or actually having anything, like, legitimately bad to say about him. So our guy, Trice, says, well, they were throwing to the rookie. That's why Norman didn't get trashed by Higgins and Chase. And I would say they only targeted the rookie four times. Joe Burrow threw 34 passes. Burrow threw 34 passes. The rookie was targeted four times. Four times. The rookie was targeted four times out of 34 passes. So you mean in those other 30 passes, they couldn't get at Norman? All I'm saying is clearly he wasn't an issue. That's all. That's all. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Nobody wants to talk about that. But if he does some weird stuff, then they're going to say that's why he shouldn't be out there. That's all. That's all I'm saying. That's all.
Come on, guy. Roscoe's coming on. What's good? What's good, Chris? What's up, Croc? Happy National Signing Day. It is. Right? How, how you feeling about the uh, USC Trojans? Oh, 100 percent. It's 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 a day that I've been waiting for. We're not going to get a lot of recruits. We're just going to get the, some of the big top dogs, and some of them are are not going to sign today, or they're not going to announce today. So uh, we it, it's it's going to be a waiting game all the way until January. But it's it, USC is in the picture and and a lot of top guys, uh, and a lot of top guys uh, team. So I'm excited about that. But let's talk about some Justin Herbert because I, I, oh, crack, I thought you was disrespectful to Justin Herbert saying that you would take Jimmy G over Justin Herbert in the last two minutes. Croc. Uh, oh, wait, and then let me get on you this for this, Croc. I got to get on you for this, Croc. I mean, you did say Romo was better. Uh, Romo is way better than Jimmy G. And yes, you are correct. They, they Romo made some weird mistakes at the most opportune times in the biggest games on prime television he just i remember that denver broncos game remember the denver broncos game where the cowboys and broncos put up yeah like it was like 50. it was like 50 to 49 or something like that yep and 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 he threw the ceiling pick or whatever like, I, I, but here's the thing bro that's tough because we're talking about i mean tony roma was lights out the whole game he yeah like no 100 he threw for like 500 yards, like four or five touchdowns. And then on the last drive, he, you know, he gave his receiver a, an opportunity to throw a pick. Now, I can live with a pick like that. Obviously, you don't want to live with any pick, right? But that wasn't a pick where it's like, I don't see a guy and I just throw it right to a safety or a linebacker. It wasn't even, a, it was just, I give my guy a chance and the DB comes down with it instead of my receiver. So that is yeah, no, but go ahead, go ahead. No, I thought he, no, 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 the, the pick he threw up, it was a bad pick. I think a linebacker picked it off. No, correct. it was the DB down the field, down the left sideline. Really? Yeah. I, okay, I, 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 I'll get that to you. I I thought it was a, are you uh, sure? Hold on. I'm going to bring it up. I'm going to bring it nah, up, but go ahead. Gotta, but yeah, uh, I, I thought, I, you know, I used to be one of those Romo, Romo haters. And then I was just like, let me just watch the guy. And then I just like, man, why was I hate? I was hating on him because he was a cowboy. And I grew up a cowboy hater. And that's what I do. I hate, I'm supposed to hate on the Cowboys. But as a football fan, I just, I stopped doing all of that. And okay, so, hey, it was a linebacker. My bad. Hey, it was a linebacker. He got hit while uh, throwing. Okay. Yeah, thank you, Croc. Ha! Thank you, Croc. Or he like trip. I don't know. It was weird. It, but yeah, yeah, okay. It was kind of it was okay. It was kind of bad. All right, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. Maybe uh, it was a cowboy DB that got an interception downfield on Peyton Manning. Did Peyton Manning throw a pick that game? I don't know. I mean, it was such a crazy game. It was. It was. It amazing, was a crazy though. game. If you guys haven't watched that game, Cowboys versus Broncos. I don't remember what year it was, but the final score was 51-48. It was a crazy game. It could have been the year Peyton threw a. Uh, through 55 touchdown passes, which could have been 2013. Yeah. But, yeah, Crack. so just uh, – I, I think Justin Herbert – Justin Herbert has five uh, five fourth-quarter comebacks this year, five game-winning drives, which means he led his team I, – I know it's not talking about two minutes because, uh, I mean, I, it's just showing the stat because – 
a fourth quarter comeback. Actually, a game-winning drive is basically, oh, he put his team in the lead to win the game. Oh, no, I don't know. It's a game-winning drive. He had five game-winning drives. So I know I know Jimmy don't got five game-winning drives this year. Uh, Herbert only had, like, uh, he had one fourth quarter comeback last year, three game-winning drives. This year, he's got five fourth quarter comebacks and five game winning drives. Mm. So I, I think, I think a lot of, and like you say, a lot of what Jimmy do, he puts himself in the situations to have to pull us out. Uh, the Like uh, Darius mentioned, the Cardinals game, Jimmy G threw some bad picks that game. Uh, what other game? The Rams game. Remember the Rams game in 2019? Right. Now those weren't, that, I that was a little tough because yeah. you have one where uh it looked like man coverage and you had Jalen Ramsey down and then all of a sudden you're throwing to a wide open Emmanuel Sanders, but then he's not open <laughs> because yeah. Jalen Ramsey pops out. That was a great play. And then the yeah. other interception was Jimmy throwing a slant and Ramsey got his hand in there, popped the ball up, and then they picked it off. But yeah, mm-hmm. but no, but still to your point, the his interceptions were the reason why he had to have the fourth quarter comeback. And I, I just don't think Herbert puts his team in bad situations all the time. Like Jimmy against the uh <laughs> Yeah, dude, I got it. look, man. I w- I was one of the guys who were telling everybody Justin Herbert is going to be that guy. And I got to see him play live last year in the Rose Bowl. In January, and and I seen the athleticism. I mean, we always knew he had it up, but seeing it, you up were close, impressed with that game, though, because wasn't his game, final score like six to six, or six to nine, or something like that? No, 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 no. The the Rose oh, no, Bowl. I'm thinking, of, I'm thinking of the conference championship. I think at Levi Stadium. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm talking about the Rose Bowl uh, last year. It's not technically not last year, but like two seasons ago in 2019. But you know they play on the tw- they play in twenty twenty, so they are playing in January, and so I, I went to that Rose Bowl game and uh, it was like he had three rushing touchdowns, but it was it was a lot of nice runs, and then he played really good in the Senior Bowl, and a lot of people didn't understand because it's like they Oregon offense is not they don't they, it's not really vertical, you see a lot of horizontal type plays where they're just throwing the screens throwing a little short ding and dunk passes. You never really see anything vertical. And so a lot of people didn't know how talented his arm was. You've seen that throw on Sunday. You highlighted that throw on Sunday on Twitter. That was a nice throw. I think what he threw it over like, what, three defenders head, right? I mean, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like two, but yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, but still, it was just, that was some crazy arm talent. So, uh, I definitely would take Justin Herbert in the last two minutes. I'd take Matt Ryan in the last two minutes. I'm not even going to say the usual suspects like the Brady's and all of that. I'd take Ben over Jimmy in the last two minutes. I mean, there's, I'll take Lamar Jackson in the last two minutes over yes. Jimmy Garoppolo. Lamar Jackson is the reason why his team even have, uh, I would say at least five of those wins, Lamar Jackson literally had to pull them out of, out of the gutter. And he's dealing with lots of injuries on his team. So he uh, he also hold on Lamar Jackson hold on because we talk about Jimmy and we, and we start you know 
talking about what, what he's doing and, and, and certain issues and whatnot or interceptions. But Lamar Jackson right now. I know his interceptions. He has uh, about uh, 14 or 16. 13. Okay. Yeah. Not ideal. But, true. But what, what are we messing with Lamar Jackson? There's a whole other section that he brings to the table that Jimmy will never bring to the table. Yes, but I don't think that can – but at the end of the day, you got to be a quarterback first. No, 100%, but he's so much more dynamic that I, I would say I, I wouldn't compare the stats like that. Like some – okay, I'll give you an example. Somebody came on Spaces yesterday and said Jimmy Garoppolo and Kirk Cousins in the, uh, in the, has the same amount of turnovers and the same amount of starts. I'm like, what? And uh, I said, well, first off, Cousins has played. If you look at the last four seasons, right, compared Cousins and Garoppolo. Now, Garoppolo's been injured a lot. So I'm not sure how they can even compare the certain amount of stars. I guess they just using the exact amount of stars. So they say, you know, he has that many t uh, turnovers. Well, I I I'm like this. In the last four seasons, Kirk Cousins only got 34 interceptions, and I think he got quite a few fumbles, right? He has 118 touchdown passes, though. I, I'm I'm almost guaranteeing you that's like 60, 70 more than Jimmy Garoppolo. So that's what I'm saying. You can't like you can't compare them to because one is just much more dynamic. Remember we talked about Brady had 10 interceptions and the, and uh, by that time Jimmy only had like 13 picks or something like that. And I said, well, you can't you can't use Brady to compare to him because. Brady also got 30-something-plus touchdown passes. So I, I just think we can't compare Jimmy to these other guys because he's just not as dynamic as they are. And and don't get me wrong. Like, I, I was the one I was the one that was more excited than the, about the game that you were. He was not excited about how Jimmy played. But I was like, oh, he won us that game. He was clutch and all that. I, I said all of that. But. I, I'm I'm gonna calm it down a little bit and say, what did I what did I say? You he was like he was like I he was like how did you feel about the win? I was like I I liked it I liked it. He was like and you was like it was an ugly game. Jimmy did not play good for the first three and the eight quarters. And you and remember you was like you was like I don't even know if I should go in on him. And I'm like Croc, you got to be you. You you gotta be authentic. I was like, if you feel the way you feel, you gotta go in. And you went in one day. But for me, I, I like I said, I was excited. I was I was super I was super happy. I was I was uh ecstatic. But at the end of the day, I also and you brought I think you brought me back down to earth. I'm like, well, he 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 really wasn't performing up until that point. And he really tried to give the game away. And so to say that you would take Jimmy Garoppolo over Herbert, I that crack, I wouldn't expect that. I said. Oh no, no, no. In the last two minutes, in the last two minutes, yeah. let me make sure I don't put words in your mouth. In the last two minutes, you said you would take Herbert over Garoppolo. And I just I still think that's cap. I, I that's just that's cap and crack. <laughs> I, I, got, I, I got I got I gotta, gotta watch some more Justin. I mean, obviously I've watched Justin Herbert. I'm in yeah. love with the player. <laughs> like, don't get that. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I, won't, I know. Won't know. Well, that's why I had to. <laughs> hey, I had and to this is the thing, too. This is the thing, too, man. I'm glad we're having this conversation. 
uh, everybody, they watch these guys, right? They watch the Josh Adams, they watch the Justin Herberts and stuff. And it's like, hey, like, I want one of those, right? Like, we, like, and it's like, yeah, we, we do. And with the 49ers, like, well, we have one. Is he to that level yet? No. But what's the best way to get him to that point? Does he have the ability to do those things? Yes. And, um, but it's like a lot of people are just so, again, they, to go back to my uh, metaphor I used earlier, I used on Locked On 49ers. Everybody wants the corn dogs. Right, like they want the corn dogs, they just pop in the microwave for two minutes and it's done. They don't want the the good pizza that you gotta preheat the oven and and wait and take the wrapper off and, and slide the pizza in there, you know, and oh. let it cook for thirty minutes. You know what I'm saying? Like, and people going, are, they want everything, huh? You going deep? Uh, I see what you're saying. People people want the the finished product, but they don't want that. They don't want to go through the stages where that product has to be. Uh, refined and 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 the the process the process they don't they don't right. want to go through the process and oh we talk you talking deep so right now we, it's we always, you know it's always well no he he won't be that like I saw some people on Twitter right and they were like oh we we would we would be lucky if Trey Lance was half of what Herbert is or half of what Josh Allen is and it's like like why can't why can't he be that like why can't he why can't he become that right but everybody's so focused on like microwave. Yeah, That's no. It. Again, it's it's that finished product effect. It's that effect where people be like, "Man, Croc, I wish I wish I could be like you, Croc. Uh, or I wish I could be like this person or that person." But you don't know what that person had to go through to get to where they uh, where they are. They don't know what you had to go through to get where you are. Uh, people people don't understand the cost. Hold, hold on. So, right. That that part. Okay, so listen. So we got my guy Michael Hur right here. He said, but Herbert was good from day one. There is a difference, right? Between let's say Herbert, let's say Trey Lance, right? And this just Justin Herbert played four years at University of Oregon and came in and they still did not want him to start. Yep. You guys remember it was their their coach was like, We're not starting him, we're starting Tyrod Taylor, right? That that was their goal. And then he came in and played. And as well as Justin Herbert was playing, sometimes he would do things that ended up resulting in losses. So if you look at, even though he was playing well, right? If you look at their win losses over that time, and they have big leads in, in a lot of those. I mean, they would be out 24 to three over some of these teams. And those other teams came back and they won. Herbert still had to learn how to play winning football. And this is a guy who played four years at Oregon. He was a four-year starter at Oregon. Now, all that experience came in, and they lost a lot of games. Kyle Shanahan's not willing to deal with that. But where the, the Chargers were better for going through that, even with Herbert, who may not have as drastic of a learning curve as Trey Lance, who played one year at North Dakota State, right? But they were losing with him, and they had to go through that to win the last four games of the season. Last four games, they won four straight games at the end of the year with Justin Herbert. He had to grow into that and then grow into the guy that we see now who is just amazing. And like my guy Chris just said, you know, five game-winning drives, five come, you know, fourth quarter, whatever, all that. He had to grow into being that because he wasn't that as a rookie. So you yep. can say, yeah, he was good from day one. Okay, he was. Four years at Oregon, he was, he was kind of more ready and suited for that moment. But 
even then he still had his ups and downs. He still had to learn. He still had to go in the oven. Yeah, and he didn't start day one. Literally, it took a team doctor messing up on Tyrod Taylor for Herbert to get in there. He right. lost the QB battle. He wasn't even given a chance. Like Trey Lance wasn't given a chance. The only thing, the only difference was is that Jimmy, uh, Jimmy they didn't think was, he was ready, bro. They didn't yeah, think he, they their didn't coaching think he was staff, ready. everything from whatever they saw in practice or train, whatever the case is, whatever they was, they did not think he was ready. And they weren't even going even after he started, and it was like, damn, this looks really good. They lost, but it was like, damn, it looked good, right? It's like, oh, he surely has to start the next game. They wanted to go back to Tyrod Taylor even then, but Tyrod yep. Taylor wasn't ready to come back from the punctured lung or whatever that case was. So they yep. had to start. They had to start Herbert again, and then he played good again. And it was like, okay, well, we got to keep playing him, even though it's not necessarily, you know, resulting in wins. And this could have happened for Trey Lance, but <clears throat> you know, they, they he, he he got hurt, right? And so right back to Jimmy. But all right, Croc, thank you. We appreciate you coming on, big dog. So yeah, <laughs> somebody said <laughs> that was a hell of a mistake on the doc part. It was, <laughs> it was, and yeah, that 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 staff, uh, Lynn, Anthony Lynn. I was actually on the Jets with Anthony Lynn. Anthony Lynn, he was a running back coach when I was with the New York Jets, but um, they got fired, and that's part of the issue with sometimes playing younger guys. Even the Justin Herbert, who was excellent and he's good, right? He's all those things. He's amazing. And even then, and you see the progress, and you see Anthony Lynn winning four games down the stretch with him, even then it's like, your ass got to go still. <laughs> and that's what some of these coaches are sometimes worried about. That's probably what Kyle Shanahan's worried about. Now, maybe Kyle Shanahan has more leeway, but I'd say if you look at kind of resumes, Anthony Lynn might have even had more success than Kyle Shanahan. Now he did at Phillip Rivers, so it's not as fair. But Anthony Lynn, he wasn't all bad as a head coach, but still had to go. Still had to go. You know, I appreciate everybody coming on here, man, today, chatting with your boy, Underdog Fantasy. Don't forget to do that. You know what I'm saying? Underdogfantasy.com. Go to that right now. Go make you some money. All right? Go make you some money. Here's the link right now if you guys want to get active with Underdog Fantasy. Click the link right now. Use the promo code CROCKY. And that'll let them know how you found them. We'll make you some money. I do a lot of betting on over-unders. That stuff is all great. Also, Locked On 49ers, go listen to that. Locked On NFL Draft, listen to that. Tomorrow morning, we'll, we'll be back. Oh, and I do have that 49er player. He's coming on after the break. So I can't, I don't want to say who it is now. I don't want to say who it is yet. But he is a 49er, a former 49er player. He was there early on in the process of, of not being that good team, right? Uh, I only want to say when he was a rookie because then y'all might catch on. But he wasn't a starter right away. He didn't start until Harbaugh showed up. He started uh, three years with Harbaugh. And, uh, yeah, good guy. When we talk about development for rookies and things like that, he's going to be somebody good to, uh, to talk about because he didn't start right away. And then – contributed to three straight NFC championship appearances and a Super Bowl. So shout out to him for coming on when he comes on after the break. I appreciate everybody that's in the chat. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button if you like this show. Uh, Manscaped.com, promo code Crocky. 
get 20% off right now. But until next time, tomorrow morning, 6.30 a.m. Pacific, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time, I will see y'all then. I'm out. Peace. Intercepted. It is picked off by Aaron Crocker. Over midfield. He'll run it all the way into the end zone. Touchdown. Crop Talk TV Podcast. Peace.